Hi, everyone. Welcome to the topic. I'm here with my friend Lydia. Lydia, feel free to introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Lydia. I'm so excited to be here. Um, so Lydia is a rising senior at the United States Naval Academy in Annapolis, Maryland. And overall, the Naval Academy takes the trophy as the best service academy. Although West Point's current athletic season and academics are impressive, the Naval Academy's prime location, rigorous training, career options, and overall athletic program give it an edge over its rival. So the current acceptance rate at the Naval Academy um, for the class of 2026 was 8.5%. So approximately for every 100 applicants, only nine are admitted. And this makes the Naval Academy a very selective school. And for high schoolers attempting to have a good shot at acceptance, you should aim for the 75th percentile with at least a 1370 SAT or a 32 ACT. So Leah, I just wanted to hear a little bit about you in high school. So um, when did you graduate high school and what high school did you go to? Like, where are you from? Um, so I'm from Charleston, South Carolina, and oh. I graduated in 2017. So I went to a high school in North Charleston uh, called Academic Magnet High School. Um, it was a public magnet school. Okay, that's what mine is too. Um, and so was that magnet school pretty competitive or? Yeah, I'd say it was definitely pretty competitive. So um, at the time of my attendance, it was ranked number one uh, public high school in the nation. And I think today it stands as number two. And so it had a lot of, it was certainly academically rigorous and had some unique requirements. With did that. they have Did they have just one um, magnet program or was it like a magnet, like every person had to be in a magnet program there? Uh, no, it was everyone applied and they went through the same program. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because my STEM, STEM at South River High School is just 100 kids per grade, but oh, wow. we've had, okay. yeah, we've had a lot of dropouts <laughs> in my year, <laughs> but um, so I know that this was literally so long ago, but do you remember your approximate GPA and SAT score? Yeah, I um just revisited that and um, <laughs> my... My weighted was a 4.6 and my unweighted was a 3.8 or right around there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then um, SAT was, it went up to a 1490. I didn't start there, but I got it up to there. <laughs> Did you start? So you said that you started a hundred, like a hundred points lower. It's so like a 13 around yeah, there. Honestly, even more than a hundred points lower. Um, I think it was either like in the 12s or the 13s. Um and honestly, I, I think I improved not because I practiced too much. I'm not so good at like finding the time to practice for things. And so I just kept signing up to take it. That's really what I did. And I think that was the best practice for me. Really? Everyone that like my dad is so opposed to that he says like, you can't just keep taking it again. That's so, but how did you study is, did you like, what, did you have any study regimen or anything? So, you know, there's official, there's an official SAT prep book and I got that and I kind of made sure that I understood the landscape of the test. Like I memorized like how many questions were in each section, what sections there were. So I, cause I think pacing myself was the biggest problem. And then I just, I realized that the questions were the same. And so I figured if I'm taking the test itself repeatedly, I'm understanding the questions. And so it kind of almost became a game by the end of it. And I felt like I could have honestly kept going up because I'm sure you've heard this before, but a lot of the questions, like they're not, the skill level's not crazy. It's just more of understanding the type and being able to replicate the 
the work to get the answer. So um, yeah, that was my personal strategy. But yeah, I think most, it's probably unconventional in most people study. Yeah, I'm sure <laughs> yeah. that really is. <laughs> um, and just a little bit more about high school. Like, were you involved in any activities that had a lot of meaning for you? Yeah, so um, I, I kind of couldn't get enough activities in high school. I don't think I was the kind of person that I was um, passionate about, like a, a specific activity and devoted all my time towards that. Like mm-hmm. I ran track, but um, I was frankly, honestly horrible at it. <laughs> I like played piano just because I loved it, but I was no um, concert pianist. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I did a lot of clubs. I was... Um, on our modest debate team. I really loved that. I kind of, I did a lot of service, um, community service organizations. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I literally played the piano like growing up and then I quit and it is one of the biggest regrets I have ever. Um, pick it back up. <laughs> I, I Yeah, I want to, I want to, but I feel like now it'll be just like starting a whole, like I'll be starting from scratch that I haven't played in like seven or eight years, but honestly I might just buy one again and just start it all over. But <laughs> I, I love it to this day. <laughs> yeah, I need, really need to get back in it. But um, so I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your application to the Naval Academy. So did you apply to any other service academies other than the Naval Academy when you were a senior? Yes, I did. Um, I also applied to West Point and the Air Force Academy. Um And that's, I think, because at the time I just wanted to be in a service academy. Um, And so that's why I applied to all three. Um, And then I didn't get into the Naval Academy in my first attempt. So my second time applying, I only applied to the Naval Academy. But um, yeah, so and then I also applied to a lot of in-state schools like Wofford, um, College of Charleston, Clemson, University of South Carolina. And that's really where I applied. <laughs> um, yeah. So you said that you applied to service academies and like regular schools, but how was mm-hmm. the application process different for the service academies rather than the regular colleges? Because a lot of people right now in my situation are confused about like the differences in the two. Right. Um. So the Application for the Naval Academy is definitely unique. So um, one of the unique aspects of it is that your an admission requirement is that you have to be nominated by a member of Congress. So mm-hmm. you have to apply to your senators and representatives for um, that endorsement, that nomination. And so it almost feels like multiple college applications in one because at least for me, and I don't know if all um, districts are the same, but um, I had to interview for all of those different um, members of Congress and and apply and send in essays for those on top of my regular college essays. Um, And then because that's a requirement, I was waiting to hear if I got that to see if I even had a chance (laughs) of getting into the Naval Academy. Um, And then some other aspects. So you're assigned an officer in the military to guide you through the application as it's so multifaceted. Um, This officer actually conducts your interview. They check in on you to make sure you're going through all the steps. Um, There's also a physical component, uh, Mm -hmm. the candidate fitness assessment. And so I think this 
if I had to guess, I'll never know why I didn't get in the first time. Um, if I had to guess, I think that it was probably my fitness assessment score. That's always um, been a struggle for me. Uh, even going to the Naval Academy, um, it's, yeah, it's, that's where I, that's the challenge for me. And so that was um, definitely a stressful component of the application for me in high school. And then finally, there's a medical screening. So they uh, make sure that you're in tip top shape to, to join. So that's, that's what I'd say the major differences are. <laughs> okay. Um, but was the, was the test, would you say hard or did you, was it just something that you struggled at? Like, do you think it, like, I don't know how to word it, but do you think it's just genuinely a hard test or do you think it's just an area that you struggled in? I, I don't think it is. I think that, but you know, at the same time, if it's not hard, you're doing it wrong because you, they don't, I don't think they give you a range of scores. Um, So you just want to really try your best. And if you look at um, the standard, we have, we take essentially like a very similar test in, at school and, um, and even the most athletically inclined it's hard for them because they try their best and they max out and they get hundreds on the test or sometimes they get above a hundred on the test because that's like they want to show the fruit of their work. And so, um, so yeah, it's, I think it, it should be difficult because you want to okay. show. What yeah, that makes complete are, sense. That um, makes sense. <laughs> so was the, was the process kind of the same for West Point or Coast Guard or was it a different portal and stuff like that? Um, I, I think it was very similar with just like some nuanced differences. Um, it's, it's hard for me to entirely Yeah, because it was long, it was and, a while ago. Yeah, yeah. But, um, I think, I think pretty that similar. it was pretty okay. similar. Um, and so you said that you applied to a couple of colleges in your state. Um, and did you apply to these because they were close and in, in the state, like financial wise, or did you just want to stay in South Carolina? You know, I'd say the financial component, definitely. um, I definitely considered that. So um, full disclosure, I I did anticipate my parents paying Mm -hmm. for my college and they prepared for that. Um, They like and that I definitely did not take that for granted. I I took it very seriously. And with that, um, I it it kind of mattered to me extra that I like really get a full like return on my investment in college. And so I knew that I wanted to like come out of college with like a trade of sorts that I could apply to my career, but I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted that career to be. And so I kind of figured um, I'll start with a state school and kind of go from there. Um, Not really because it did give me anxiety, not knowing exactly what I wanted my career to be in, in picking a college. And so, um, yeah, but also I, I looked at the colleges in state and I really Mm -hmm. loved them and I had a lot of friends going to those and, um, and that actually really, um, it made my experience a lot more enjoyable. Um, I ended up going to university of South Carolina and, and so, yeah, yeah. that you guys like South Carolina Mm -hmm. and North Carolina are such good states for colleges. For in Maryland, the only school I would consider going to is probably University of Maryland. But South Carolina has so many awesome like colleges, like Clemson, for example. Like so many people from around here want to go there. Yeah, my sister goes there. So, <laughs> was it hard for you to leave 
South Carolina after a year to go to the academy? Like, did you think that you were going to miss school at all? Um, I definitely did because it, it wasn't hard at all. <laughs> I was very excited to go to the Naval Academy. That was my dream school. I was like, see ya. But um, I definitely was worried about missing University of South Carolina for what it was. Um, I honestly had one of the best years of my life at the University of South Carolina. Um, I, I, yeah, it was just a wonderful experience. And so naturally it's, it's hard to leave anything good. Um, and the Naval Academy was all that and more, but, um, but yeah, I was really grateful for that year. And so it was like sad in that regard, leaving. <laughs> this is probably just such a like weird thing to even consider, but would you ever, like, I feel like if I went to a service academy, I would see my friends out on the weekend, your South Carolina friends out at bars and like at frats and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Would you would you ever get sad seeing them out having a good time when you're at the Naval Academy or no? Because I feel like that would literally like send me over the edge. You know what? I think that impacts a lot of my classmates at school, especially in your first year when, you know, it's, it's not just on the weekends. It's actually all every day of the week. Uh, yeah, we, we're not allowed to leave at the Naval Academy. And then um, at like at college, it's kind of like an endless sleepover. Like if you wanted to, you know, it's, it's fun. Um, you can do whatever you want every, yeah. every day. A um, lot of freedom. And so, but for me, I, I prayed on getting into the Naval Academy. I applied a second time. I wanted it more than anything. I was like, if you get me into that school, God, like I will not take it for granted a single day. And so I honestly, it hardly troubled me seeing my friends, which I mean, I'm no, like, like I don't, I like to socialize. <laughs> yeah. don't, don't think this is that but um I just was that grateful I think um to have made it in and so I just kind of took it as like I I signed up for what I like something different and I've experienced that and so I think also it it did help that I had experienced experience okay okay I couldn't understand that but um you say about Navy being your dream school but what what about the academy have you been drawn to? Like, why why have you wanted to go there so badly? Hmm. So, so as I mentioned before, I wasn't exactly sure what career yeah. I wanted. I knew that I wanted a career where I'd have some sort of leadership or managerial position. Um, I wanted a career where I could use my creativity to come up with solutions to problems. I wanted a strong sense of purpose. Um, as cheesy as the sound, I really wanted a career where I had the capacity to give love <laughs> to others. Um, and so with that, I was like, okay, but what career does that translate to? Um, I was like so uneasy, as I told you, choosing a college because I didn't know exactly what career that was. Um, I just felt concerned investing in a college, not having that like clearly in mind in my head. So um my dad was the first one that introduced me the idea of applying to Navy. And I realized that it was kind of the school of my dreams because not only did it give me a unique education in leadership, um, but they would hand me a career where I could do all of what I just said, the giving love, having a strong sense of purpose, coming up with solutions, management. Um, Yeah. So it was like, it was really exciting for me to know that that even existed. That's why it, 
kind of became my dream okay. school. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I, I totally see that. Because I know people that go to the Naval Academy and they say that it just changes you into a complete different person. But um, when you were, so like when you were a freshman at South Carolina, when did you find out that you were admitted to the Naval Academy? Because I know that they, that, that they do rolling admissions. So when did you find out that you were accepted? I think March. <laughs> I'm sure you were like on top <laughs> of the world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it was a little bit late because here I was, I was looking at, um, I not, I, so eight, eight of the 140 of us from my high school class actually had applied to Navy and even more had applied to, um, other service academies and only one of us got in. And I think out of the eight of us, as far as I know, um, I was the only one that reapplied. And so I was applying against, you know, high schoolers that, um, from the class below me. And so one of them had gotten in and I was like, okay, like it's getting a little late now, maybe it's time to lose hope. And so, um, yeah, it was a really exciting day when it, when it came. That's (laughs) awesome. Um, and so did you still have to go through the regular plebe summer and stuff? Yeah. So every, everyone, regardless of where they came from, comes in as a freshman, as a plebe, and they go through plebe summer just the same. I'm pretty sure that the age, um, the maximum age that you can come in as a freshman at is, is 23. And so I I had classmates that were, that had a lot more experience than I did that were older than I am now. So, okay. Um, and, and how was plebe summer for you? Was it as challenging as they say? So yes, it was, it was very, very challenging for me, actually. Um, I definitely found it very, very challenging. Um, I think just, I hadn't been used to being on my feet from 530 in the morning until what I think was 10 o'clock at night. I don't know, we didn't have, we didn't have watches. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, I I think that that was just, um, yeah, it's seven weeks long. And so it just got really tiring for me. And I, and I found it really challenging both mentally, but mainly, mainly physically. I think that, um, as I mentioned, uh, the physical component has always been a struggle for me. And so, and so, yeah, that, that was hard. (laughs) So would they just not let you guys know the time at all? Like you just didn't, weren't allowed to know? Yeah. Yeah. We didn't have any access to technology. We didn't have a clock or a watch and that was all fully intentional. Um, and so we were really just at the mercy of uh, the detailers above us, the the other students that were leading us. And yeah, it was interesting. <laughs> oh my gosh. But did you ever reach a point? Like, wasn't there such thing as a, it's two month no contact. Did you ever talk to your family throughout this time? You get a phone call, right? Uh, yeah, you get, I think... I don't remember if it was two or three phone calls, but you get um, a 30 minute, two or three phone calls um, throughout the seven weeks. Um, and yeah, that, that was sad. You do get letters. And so letters really helped me. Um, and I think that I, I was almost most, I was very worried about missing my friends and family, <laughs> but I think I was so preoccupied once I got there that that was the least of my concern. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I know that I know that sleepaway camp is like completely different, but when I, I went to sleepaway camp, like with no phones for two weeks and stuff like that. And I was also thinking about if I was going to miss my family, but you become so immersed in what's there. I feel like, exactly. I mean, maybe terrible to say, but I feel like you kind of like 
your brain just gets completely preoccupied. But did you ever reach a point where you thought you couldn't do it? Like you thought that you couldn't continue on? Not at all. Um, <laughs> I, I, I always felt like I could continue on. I would do everything it took to, to continue on. So yeah, I, that was never a question for me personally. Um, I did, I certainly had questions on um, if I wasn't good enough to be there. Uh, I think that the program's kind of designed to ask you to to make that assessment of yourself and to step up to the occasion. So, um, yeah, but not necessarily like I should quit. <laughs> did it, But did anyone else around you actually reach their breaking point? Like did anyone or was everyone there pretty strong as what you remember? So, you know what? Um, the whole time we're, we're facing – we're not allowed to look around during plebe summer um, and we're not allowed to talk to our, our classmates. Um, Are you actually? Companies. Yeah. Yeah. We're, there's like few occasions where, where we can, and that's more like team building exercises, but I'd say the large majority, it's very like um, you're supposed to keep your, your eyes straight ahead. Like it's very kind of regimented military esque. And so um, yeah, it's funny. I, I say, at the time I could tell certain people were struggling, like they either had crutches, like physical ailments, or like they needed to step away, like things like that. Um, but in recent years, I found out like friends that, you know, needed to seek the support of um, a chaplain or like needed that, that struggle that I didn't even know because, um, because yeah, you have, you can't really look around and be as observant as <laughs> you can. This may be, a this may be a dumb so. question, but what is a chaplain? <laughs> oh, excuse me. So a chaplain is a, um, military religious leader. Oh. Um, yeah. So there's, uh, a rabbi there's, um, I, I talk to Christian chaplains at school. Um, yeah. So they're, they're just almost like the, the military's pastors of sorts. So, um, yeah, there, there were a lot of great resources. If, if you were struggling, like you can go and talk to, um, them, there's mental health counselors. And then also, even though the detailers are really scary, like when it comes down to it, they ultimately want you to succeed. And that sometimes means taking a step back and making sure that you're doing okay mentally and making it through. (laughs) Okay. Interesting. Um, this is kind of Mm -hmm. a, like very random question, but I have read in the news, it's kind of a controversial controversial topic as well, but I have read in the news about female um, sexual assault accusations from the Naval Academy. And um, mm-hmm. I was just curious, just about the male to female ratio at the Naval Academy, is it a 50-50 or do, would you say there's more, female, that there's more males than females? There are more males. There are more males than, um, than females. I'd say that yeah. I, don't, I don't know this number exactly, and I, I don't really care, but I think it's <clears throat> right over 30% female, so quite a good bit um, of a difference there. Would you feel like, like, would you at times feel like it was a lot of masculine around, like a lot of masculinity around you, or did, did you find females there that made you feel similar to them? That's a great question. Um, you know what, I feel like... And this is just yeah. my own opinion. Um, yeah, I I feel like I found some of my best female girlfriends of my entire life at the Naval Academy. And 
some of them when I met them were just a lot different than I was. And I think that there's a lot of diversity at school and a lot of diversity of thought. And that's just with the nature of students coming pretty evenly dispersed across 50 different states. And so sometimes that looked like friends being more like stereotypically masculine than I am. But um, also when I think of my friend that that you might think that at first glance, she's actually more of a girly girl than I am, you know? So like, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, but um, yeah, I just it being um, a little over 30% female, it, it does feel like, like you're surrounded by guys sometimes just, just by mm-hmm. those numbers, um, which, which is interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure. No, it does. I've always just been so curious about that. Cause like the only, like, yeah, no, that's funny. Cause I, I remember being curious about that going in. I was like, oh boys, no, I'm just kidding. But um, anyways, <laughs> so yeah, I, I forgot that that was something that interested me going in yeah. as a freshman. Cause now it's Yeah, and because also the people I know, like from my school that are applying to the academy are yeah. all guys. Like, I don't know a single, maybe there probably are girls applying, but my, like only the people I know that are applying are like the guys that I'm friends with. And so I was always just kind of okay. curious, like what it was like for a girl there, but um, so does the Naval Academy do actual majors, like college majors? Yes. So um, your plebe year, you take uh, mostly pre- prerequisites, excuse me, um, and also core required classes. Um, everyone graduates with a Bachelor's of Science, but uh, you declare a major your second year. Uh, so it's interesting. I'm an English major but I'm still struggling through thermodynamics and electrical engineering and cyber classes because uh, it's it's very STEM focused at okay. school. So okay. Um, and why did you choose an English major? Have you just had a passion for English? Um, I think I gravitate more towards um, towards liberal arts and like thinking creatively. Like I, I like reading and enjoying literature um, more so than I do uh, usually like math and science. And I figured since I was going to have so much training and experience with these, um, no matter what major I chose, and since my career probably, uh, it's interesting at the Naval Academy, your major doesn't as closely translate to your career because you all... Uh, graduate and commission as officers. And so I figured that since I had that STEM training um, with the core classes, I could also get uh, really good at writing. And I thought that would translate really well to communication and gaining opportunities in my service. So that's why okay, I Yeah, it seems like you can just do a bunch of stuff. But um, do you have any idea of – well, so after the – I'm kind of close on this part of it. But after the Naval Academy – Aren't you technically stationed somewhere? Yeah. So um, depending on what you service select, uh, what community and also the needs of the Navy, they will place you um, throughout the country at different naval bases to fulfill that um, service requirement that's um that's required of all graduates from the Naval uh, So Academy. do you have any, I know that it is a little bit away, but do you have any ideal situation that you'd like to be placed in? Anything that would really um, like pike your interest at all? Do you have anything that you've heard of that would interest you? 
Um, that's a great question. I think that I'm kind of the person where I don't like to get too excited for um, anything in particular. I'd rather just get excited for everything. <laughs> yeah, when, it, when it's handed to me, I'm excited. Um, and so I haven't really narrowed down what I would most prefer. But um, it one thing that's nice about the Navy is that um, most all bases are on the coast. Um, I think that I personally kind of like the vibe of the East Coast, but maybe that's just because it's what yeah. I'm familiar with. And I, I'd i be happy on the West Coast too, or even overseas. That would be an amazing experience. So uh, yeah, um, I'm not exactly sure to answer No, the yeah, that's good. I've just always been so captivated about, because people say they own you for the next couple of years, but I've just always been curious. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I know this is a little bit of a difficult subject. So if you don't feel comfortable answering it all, feel free, no problem at all. But um, I was just wondering, because I know that you're on a medical leave right now. Um, when did you take that leave? Yes. Um, yeah. So first of all, it's really not a difficult subject for okay, me. Okay, awesome. So Thank you. <laughs> you can ask away. <laughs> don't call me on that, though. Just kidding. Um, but anyways, so I, um, I'll just go ahead and disclose my uh, diagnosis. So it was back in this past December where I found out I had Hodgkin's lymphoma, which it is a type of cancer. And I'm very blessed that it's a very curable cancer. Um, so that that definitely contributes to why I'm, I'm doing well mentally with it. But um, yeah, so I had one more semester left at the Naval Academy. And um, I left in December for Christmas break. And I had to take uh, what will be a full year off uh, for, for chemotherapy. And I hope to return in the spring of next year for that final semester. Okay. Yeah. Cause my dad told me that you were expecting a full recovery. Um, yes. <laughs> but I wasn't complete. Like I, I just hadn't really thought about it much, but, um, how did you, so you said that you found out in December, but how, how did this even come up? Like, were you showing extreme symptoms and you were like, Oh no, I got to go to the doctor or how did this come up? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, um, I, I wouldn't say I was showing extreme symptoms. I was getting um, allergy tested for a rash uh, for months, um, and it was very it was very hard um, because it would keep me up all night, and so that's like obviously really hard with the rigor of the academy. Yeah, um, yeah. And I also just was tired, but you know when you're working hard and you you just drink your coffee, like so. I don't think I. <laughs> I really, yeah, I didn't really have any extreme symptoms now in retrospect, having um, a name to the face of, <laughs> of my diagnosis. Um, I realized, okay, maybe I was struggling a little bit more than I realized. Um, but what happened was over Thanksgiving break, I, I noticed that I had a swollen neck. Okay. And so I went to um, the doctor while I was home and they said, it looks like you're recovering probably from mono. Um, and so if it doesn't clear up by the time you get back to school, go to the doctor. So I went to the doctor's school. Um, at first they thought it was the same thing. So they said, take this week off from school, but like continue to check in with us. Um, and so I, I did that because it, it wasn't clearing up. Uh, the week after I was sent to Walter Reed for further testing. And then- That's where my dad works. 
Really? Okay. I, I didn't know that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so maybe I saw them. Just kidding. Um, anyway, <laughs> so yeah. So it all happened kind of within 24 hours after that, where I, I was told that until proven otherwise, they knew that this was my diagnosis. Um, so then I was in the hospital for that week. I remember I was released after um, two surgeries um, for the Ar- for um, the Army Navy game. I went to the Army Navy. Oh, game. Yeah, <laughs> that was an amazing game. Um, definitely a little surreal having just received my diagnosis. Um, and then there was one more week of finals. And so I caught up on the two weeks of missed school and did my finals. Um, oh, wow. I had some people advise me, you know what, just forget about it. But I was like, nope, I'm, I'm going to get those credits. So this was a hard semester. Um, so good I did that. You. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it definitely felt good um, going on break because then I could really focus on health decisions and deciding treatment moving forward. So yeah, that was the timeline. <laughs> okay. Wow. Um, and how did like, when you, I guess when you disclosed to the Naval Academy about your, um, medical situation, um, how did they react? Like, did they, did they give you just the full, like, how did, I guess, how did they even deal with things like that? Because you definitely do have an interesting Naval Academy timeline. And I just like, how did they react to your medical, um, your medical leave? Like, is it easy to kind of come back? Would you say? Yeah, that's um, a great question. And I can't speak to the coming back process so much. But um, yeah, everyone was was really accommodating on my um, leaving. I think that, you know, we're, we're blessed at the Naval Academy that we're surrounded by students that are, um, relatively speaking, really, really healthy um, individuals. And so um, I think with that, like there's naturally like procedures in place when, when people fall into um, unique medical situations, but, um, but it's, it's not standard. And so, um, so yeah, it was, it was definitely, I think like hard in that it was just like unexpected. Um, Yeah. 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 So I had just selected pilot um just in the few weeks before I went on Thanksgiving break Navy pilot was supposed to be my service community and yeah they were very helpful in explaining what this might mean for my service um they were helpful in laying out options um between you know maybe trying to stay at school um versus going home for treatment i i'm really grateful that that was an option to to go home for treatment and to take this time off because you know ultimately medical issues do interfere with the navy mission so yeah, um, yeah. at times and so so yeah I, I that's a good question um but they were accommodating okay well um and um i had a question Oh yeah. So <laughs> I'm a, <laughs> I'm a person who I need to always be doing something. Like I'm always like always jumping from A to B to C, always doing something. But, um, other than treating yourself, um, and taking care of your health, what have you been doing at home to stay occupied? Has it been, has it been a yeah, hard transition for you? Uh, that's a great question. Um, I am the same. I, 
can't really like get enough stimulation. I just love learning, um, spending time with friends, um, doing things. And so honestly, even though I'm super extroverted and I love getting out there, I have, I probably could keep myself entertained for a hundred years. I just have this list of like hobbies that I've always wanted to Uh explore, but random things like, um, like fishing and I don't know, like, like things like that. Um, the other day I read a book on foraging, like, I don't know. Um, yeah. And so, so with that, um, and also the fact that I'm really close with family and friends in the area, um, I really haven't struggled to stay entertained. I've just kind of been appreciating this time off and away from school. Um, I also, did take a really deep dive into research on my diagnosis and ways that I can um, stay healthy. And so, you know, I'll do like daily exercises, um, specific diets, things like that. And so that took a lot of time at the start. Um, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So So, it seems like you've just been keeping, yeah, it seems like you've been keeping a good routine, a good, um, good stuff to do. But when do you, I can't remember if you already told me this, but when are you expected to make your full recovery? Is it by next? Is it, is it January? So that's when I hope to return to school. You're right. And, um, but I, I have scan coming up and that will determine if I'm, um, in remission by, um, I think mid August or mid October are the two possible deadlines that's anticipated. Um, it could be later than that, but I'm, I'm hoping for one of those two. And so, yeah, we'll see. And so with that, um, that'll definitely open up the door for more opportunities. Um, cause it does kind of take me out of commission every two weeks for a good four or five days with, with treatment, um, just with symptoms. And so, yeah, that'll open up more opportunities for spending my time and, Hopefully I can advance in my career in some ways. I'm already exploring some opportunities with that. Gotcha. So. That's awesome. Um, so Thank I, you. oh yeah, one more thing. Before you left for your medical leave, um, were you involved in any extracurriculars or clubs at Navy? Like, do they have that sort of college environment in that sort of circumstance? Oh, definitely. Um, so I, this past semester, um, I was involved in Christian ECAs. I'd say that those have been like my saving grace at school that like my, um, my religion is probably why I, I stay so positive all the time. That's why like this diagnosis has just been kind of a blip for me. Um, and so I've really enjoyed the relationships that I've made in those. And then also just um, things that I've learned during time spent in those. Um, I'm, part of a culture club. It's the Italian American Midshipman Club. Um, I, everyone's required to Uh sport. Um, This past semester, to be honest, I was late for the signups and I was um, put on the flag football team, (laughs) which was all boys and me. And yeah, they they put me in when we were doing very, very well. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but I actually the very large majority of my time outside of academics was um, I had a student body position and that was probably my best experience at the Naval Academy was having that student body position. And that's where I spent most of my time. Do you mean, was it like kind of like student government? Uh, Kind of. So there's a lot of different um, 
positions for students. Um, most all seniors have one. Um, and it's because we lead a lot of the initiatives for like our mission. So for instance, there's a um, physical aptitude officer. They make sure that everyone is up to standards on physical um, activities. There is a honor officer. Um, they handle, handle adjudications if someone breaks our honor code. Um, so I, there's also the brigade commander. That's like the student body president of sorts. Um, and they are always doing the interviews. They're um, leading the brigade to march onto the football field, um, making really important leadership decisions. Uh, yeah. So I, I was, I worked with the supply department and so it was more of um, a logistics position and Basically, um, we were in charge of making sure that everyone had kind of what they need to succeed. And so by that, I mean, um, we had jurisdiction over the food served in King Hall. Um, That falls within supply. All of King Hall, that's our dining hall, um, which feeds all 4,000 of us within a 45-minute window. So yeah, we, we handled that. Um, we handled the stores and the coffee shops on the, on the yard. Um, we handled like textbooks and uniforms, um, money that midshipmen get like their, their pay, uh, all of the tailgates for football games. I'd run 30 on every football game. Um, so yeah, there there was a lot. That, that yeah, that sounds that sounds like a lot, but it sounds <laughs> fun, kind of like just I don't know. I love involvement like that. So that's that sounds yeah. Super fun. That was the most rewarding experience for me. I really I really enjoyed. Yeah, my time. and with those things, like people will ask people like that's so much work. But honestly, things like that don't feel like work if you truly enjoy it. You know. Yeah, and I think that that's what I learned from working in that position. It's that um, I found myself like. It was, a, it was a hobby for me, honestly. And then it was great because I was having fun and also seeing the lives of my classmates improved as a product of my work um, around me. And so, yeah, just like what you yeah. were saying, it, it really didn't. Yeah, for work. sure. <laughs> um, so just kind of wrapping things up. Um, I know that this you went through this process a couple of years ago, but um, what advice would you have for rising high school seniors starting the Naval Academy application process? Do you have any little piece of advice that you would give? Yeah. Um, so my first, I think I have three pieces of advice. So my first is to start early. Um, yeah, as early as you can. So the admission review process is, is really complicated, but um, getting your package started early certainly gives you an edge, especially with it being so multifaceted and so competitive. Um, So that's my first tip. Um, Second is, so they release snapshots of previous class years and what the um, demographic looks like. So for instance, um, I looked the other day at the class of 24s and you can see that like 91% of those admitted participated in varsity sports. Um, 73% were captains or co-captains of a sports team. Um, I personally wasn't, but um, I may have, you know, more highly considered that had I, had I known that my dream school like took that um, as something really valuable for, for candidates. And so, um, yeah, you can, you can see what, what people 
who were accepted uh, did throughout their high school career. And it might just help you to guide your, your interests um, towards those, towards those um, options. And so, yeah. And um, I also, for the physical assessment, I'd say to find someone to help hold you accountable and to make that process mm-hmm. enjoyable. Um, I definitely was not the only candidate for my school that, that um, didn't love running. Um, and so I would say find a friend to run with or a family member to run or ride a bike next to you um, and to just keep taking that test. So, so yeah, I think that that's my main okay, advice. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, this process is definitely not one that I will be going through, but I think it is totally <laughs> helpful for other people to just hear about other people's experiences and stuff like that and how they set themselves up for different things. Um, and I really admire like your gracefulness throughout your entire medical journey. Like I, I do not think I could handle it as well as you do, even though you are expected for a full recovery. Um, it's so Aww. inspirational how strong you are about all of that. But I just wanted to say thank you for finding the time to come talk to me today. Um, this has been super fun. Um, Yeah. I, you know, before meeting with you, I listened to a few of your, um, previous, uh, episodes and I wish I had, I had access to this as a senior in high school because it's really awesome. Um, I like I learned some things from some of your Aww. other um, co-hosts, and so I was really grateful to have yeah, this opportunity. I used school because I used to um I used to, like earlier in high school, like when I was kind of crazy about my future, I would like listen to people on YouTube talk about how they got into their dream schools and stuff like that. And I always listened to those and I enjoyed them. But I thought like it wasn't exactly personal, you know. It was just reading off of mm-hmm. like us like a honestly, like reading off of a paper. So I was like, why don't I just make something my own, but just a little bit more personal, a little bit more of like a personal feel. And so that's kind of what I was trying to do. So it's been really fun, but I hope I hope I can continue. So I think I definitely will. But thank you so much. And I hope that you have a great rest of your day. Have thank a good you. one. <laughs>